first episode of let's be nerds i'm your host Stephen j and today i'm joined by my two fantastic co-hosts gordon bryant and kylie Gregg. and we appreciate you tuning in for this first episode as we dive into all things nerdy and fandom i want to throw it over to my co-host gordon and have him give you a little introduction about himself and we'll go from there uh, hello, everybody. My name's Gordon Bryant. I'm an all-around nerd, I'd like to think. I have general knowledge about most fandoms from Star Wars to Lord of the Rings to Harry Potter. And I bore just about everyone I can with all the knowledge until they tell me to stop. And Gordon, you are going to be a showrunner for most of the episodes we have here. So you're going to be opening up to lots of different topics. We're going to be focusing on a few that are near and dear to our hearts. But, you know, we're, we're open to suggestions. So we are always willing to dive into something new. But for the most part, we are here to tell you everything about our subjects that we love. Kylie, can we hear from you? Um, I'm Kylie. I am also pretty big all-around nerd, more towards Star Wars and true crime than anything else, but I'm always here to learn. Now, we would be amiss if we did not tell the folks that we actually all work together, and that's how this podcast got started. Yes. Yes. yes now, who wants to tell the story? Because this was quite a nerd moment for all of us. I can definitely tell it. Kylie, I, I want to hear I'm it from okay your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so we all work together. And after work, we would all join for a drink. Two of us non-alcoholic. And one night after work, we just started talking about Star Wars randomly. And as Gordon said, he bored us all with his knowledge. And we were like, oh, my goodness. Gordon knows so much about this. And everyone else is pretty interested in it. It would be a great idea to start a podcast. And now we have Stephen who helped us out. And I think it was a perfect uh, joining of the minds because we it brought us like a bond that we I don't think we realized because Kylie, quite honestly, I expected it from Gordon but I did not expect it from you <laughs> with, yeah. pe- with peace and love. I was very shocked by how into the fandom you were and how knowledgeable you were. And that probably sounds a little bit sexist on my part, but I just, you're, you kind of kicked it off. And in my head, I was like, well, we, it makes sense for the three of us to do this because, you know, we have this work connection. We were becoming actual friends and, what better way to build those bonds of friendship than to talk about stuff we love? Yeah, for and sure. That, and that stuff we love being nerd crap. 
And I don't think it very took us very long to come up with the Let's Be Nerds title. I think that, Gordon, you and I pretty had that. We had that like in 48 or 72 hours, I think. I think our next shift that we worked together. Yeah, I came uh, into work. We threw that name out and we just decided, you know what? We have to go with it before someone else takes it. Exactly. (laughs) Because I remember you're throwing out names and I'm sitting there looking and I'm trying to make sure we're not going to steal anybody's brand and we're not going to do this or that. And. Sure, sure enough, that name was free. And I think there was one other podcast, but I believe it is in a foreign country. So I don't think we're stepping on their toes. I don't think so either. And theirs is closer to like uh, something about let's be nerds together. Yeah. Or let's nerd out or something like that. So we are probably skating right under their radar. I think that that <laughs> is it's what's going to work. And I'm going to do a shameless plug. Uh, we do have a Discord server up for this show. If you are in any fandom that we are potentially covering, whether that be Star Wars, Marvel, DC, uh, Kylie and I have a true crime passion, which we're going to enlighten Gordon on. And, you know, Gordon's going to enlighten us on Doctor Who. We actually, because of Kylie, have a Discord server that I believe is going to be a very uh, fun space for people of like minds to get together, communicate, and, you know, exchange ideas and thoughts on different fandoms. And we are going to have that linked in the description below. Our wonderful social media manager, Kylie, is handling all of that. Um, but if you enjoy what we have to say today, definitely consider joining. For sure, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You'll be able to put your suggestions in for anything you might want us to cover, and we will do our best to cover any topic you guys want, whether it be a single character or a entire fandom movie series or anything on its own. Exactly. And the best part is, is if you are listening today on the Anchor app, feel free at any point to use the tools that Anchor provides to send us voice memos. We love to receive them. You might be featured in a future episode and that can really get the conversation going because we, as much as we love talking about this stuff, we do want to hear from you guys because truly that's what got us started is the conversation of what everybody else thinks. So having outside input would truly help this show and would really uh, give us a different perspective. So if you're listening on Anchor, feel free, send in a voice memo, send in a note, send in a comment, definitely give us a review. We love that. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think we're going to dive right into the episode if you guys are okay with that. Yeah. All right. Well, what better place to start than what started us, Star Wars? Gordon, I'm going to send it off to you. Let's let's kick this off. What do you got for us today? Well, when we talk about Star Wars, one of the some of the biggest events in recent Star Wars history, at least for the cinematic universe that most of us know and love, was just a few years ago bought by Disney for a whopping Four million, I think. Four billion, sorry. Four billion dollars from George Lucas. Mm. Wow. Which he has been quoted as saying was painful for him at the time and is to this day still painful. Because as we all know, or some of us may think, 
have our own opinions on, feelings. Everyone's entitled to their own. The recent trilogy was garbage in my mind. <laughs> and could have been a lot better than it was. And George Lucas actually went on and told some interviewers that he had the scripts for all three movies in that trilogy halfway started and he planned on bringing back uh in my mind a uh, fan favorite darth maul into the movie universe mm, we do love darth maul in this house if you are familiar with the tv show that was a very big part of the clone wars tv show mm-hmm. him coming back and having his whole character arc rather than just Dying in one movie and never to be seen again. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Ky- Kylie, I know you are a big fan of the prequels. So, what's your take? Um, I, I didn't like the recent trilogy that much. I think there were strokes of genius, but obviously the prequels are my favorite. And the whole Darth Maul thing, he has been one of my favorite villains in any series. And I feel like his whole character arc was very unappreciated. And I think that if they would have incorporated that somehow into the recent trilogy, I think it could have been a stroke of genius, but it also could have been the worst thing they could have possibly ever done. Because there well, are definitely mixed opinions on them bringing back Palpatine, for example. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, bringing someone back from the dead with no <laughs> no explanation, no explanation, <laughs> without you know going into any detail about it, is a bit more troublesome. Now, Gordon, I don't know if you want to dive into this because I think we've talked about doing a Darth Maul deep dive, but like, can we just touch on the fact that, like, in the comic books, Darth Maul's like survival was very uh, intense? I mean, he like, re- yes. are, are we okay to dive into that? Because I don't know if I don't want to jump ahead and if we're planning on doing a thing, but we can at least tease. Like, if you read those yeah. comic books, like, I did not, but you told me all about it. it he, his survival was a little bit intense it was intense and i definitely don't want to go into too much detail because that is a plan of mine for the future Uh to deep dive on darth maul because that is one character that definitely deserves his own episode in my mind absolutely but can you tease a little bit so for when we do that in the future like a little bit well with, to the best of my knowledge, I can't remember exactly how or uh, who found him after he was cut in half so generously by Obi-Wan. <laughs> but I do know that uh, Darth Maul was put through a lot of pain in how he had got the lower half of his body reattached to be fully mechanical and his struggles to get used to that part or that new addition to his life to become 
to come back to being such a great Sith as he is. Mm-hmm. If not in the movies, probably one of the best Sith in my mind. With probably one of the most iconic dual sided lightsabers. Definitely. Absolutely. Iconic. Right. You know what? That's not, that's enough of a tease. I think we can all agree <laughs> that that character deserves its own deep dive, and that will be a tease for a later date. So, in our research here, Gordon, you have a breakdown, and I would like you to go over that with us. Because we have a little bit of an issue amongst the three of us, and maybe some of you out there will agree. The, the mouse, as we so affectionately call it, Disney has a lot of control and a lot of power. And Gordon, could you go over this breakdown that you made for Kylie and I for the audience? Yes, gladly, because it sounds exactly what you want. So I have it broken down into a couple of different categories. Yeah, the first one is Disney pretty much owns enough of it to where whatever they say goes. And the second part is where they're kind of like collabing. If we were to bring in another streamer, say, onto this, and we just collabed, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what the second list is for. Okay. But the first list has some very popular names on it, like Disney fully owns ABC and all of their productions. Mm. They own an 80% stake into the ESPN channels, which... Sports is not what I thought the mouse would try to get into, speaking that their most popular, at least with the generation growing up now, seems to be more animated and movie-focused and not much sports anymore. Mm-hmm. And then we have Touchstone Pictures, which I don't know too much about them personally. I don't know if either of you two do. Honestly, I just remember their logo. I don't know much about them. <laughs> yeah, me neither. And then, of course, there's probably the two biggest buys that they've ever had, which is mm. Marvel and Lucasfilm, which they have not disappointed with the D- Marvel films yet. Absolutely but- not. I was just thinking that. Like, I love what they've done. I'm I'm a big Marvel nerd, and I've watched them growing up all the time, and I absolutely love what they did with Marvel. And the past few movies that have been released being Endgame, Infinity War, focusing on the Avengers, mm-hmm. have really been just great cinematic movies and emotional movies. But then you have different sides of the spectrum with what Disney's doing. And yeah. I, have, I have to cut in real quick because, Kylie, I agree. Um, Marvel really got my start with my comic book nerd fandom as far as X-Men. And I have to say, as much as I am here to, quote unquote, uh, take on the mouse, I have to admit I'm excited for them to finally have the X-Men because that's what got me started in all of this. And I actually think that this is one area where they're going to they're gonna do well. Well, Steve, we'll get to the Fox-Disney merger a little bit later <laughs> on in this episode that covers a little bit more on exactly how they acquired Fox and in turn the X-Men series as Fox did own the X-Men before Disney bought them out. Look at me, Gordon, already jumping ahead. I, I apologize. Let's go I, back to I let's see. go back to you and you just carry it on through. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say to 
keep everyone excited for the Marvel episode. That's going to be coming on oh. episode nine. I am Loki excited. Get which, Loki. Uh-huh. <laughs> which, if everything goes to plan, like should come out around the 27th of next month. If not sooner. Yes, if not sooner. <laughs> A- anyway, Gordon, go on with your with your list. I apologize for interrupting. Oh, no, that's okay. So, again, we have Marvel and Lucasfilms, two, two very great companies that they bought from, and both show how, for Marvel, with what Kylie said, how great of a job they've been doing, and depending on your opinion with Lucasfilms, how less of a good job they've been doing. Mm-hmm. And then the other couple of channels are, I guess they are channels, mostly, are A&E, they own 50% of the equity into that company with Hearst Corporation. The History Channel, along with Hearst Corporation, they own 50% equity in the History Channel. A 50% stake in the Lifetime Channel. Uh, Gotta get them Lifetime movies. (laughs) Along with the Hearst Corporation again, which is probably just a shell company for Disney, so it looks like they don't own everything, but that, 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 but that for a different time. I was going to say, that would probably need fact-checked, but yeah. Yes. And then, probably by, right now, by far, the smallest they own of anything is Vice Media at only 10% of the company. Wow. Oh, like, is that, I'm assuming, I mean, one would have to wonder, like, Vice News, that yes. outlet. Ooh. Wow. I can't Goodness. believe that's weird that they would have any stake in that because it's it's not always been I mean, neither is any others, but I feel like it's never been the most child friendly. Mm-hmm. Well that they, is very true. They've covered like controversial hard hitting topics. Sure. Yeah. I remember them covering like terrorist groups, talking about weed, everything like that. That's well, perhaps, crazy. Yeah. Perhaps that's why Disney wants to uh, start investing in that. So maybe yeah. widen their horizons a little bit and start showing interest in more of the underrated or kept quiet about topics that yeah. you don't really hear much about. You know what would be interesting, guys? And this is probably just a side note for us. Vice News in the recent years has seen a decline in their viewership, their online memberships. They've kind of had a little bit of trouble. And I don't want to speak on it because I don't know the facts, but maybe that's something we could research and see if maybe is, have they been struggling since this acquisition or what the deal is? Like maybe that's something we could do a deep dive on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sounds like a great episode topic, but it sticks out in my mind that they're they're not doing as hot as they were like a few years ago. So maybe that's something for the back burner. I feel like a lot of these aren't doing, I mean, certainly not Marvel and Lucasfilm, but like the History Channel, A&E, I feel like TV in general, like cable television is, is just dying out. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that Disney would invest in something. Well, I think Disney, the only reason Disney has interest in investing in these channels is to, and I made a mistake earlier, all of these companies are ones that Disney 
do not fully own, mm-hmm. except for Marvel and Lucasfilms. They do fully own those. But the other ones, they do not fully own to the best of my knowledge and research. But perhaps they're buying up all these TV shows and outlets so that way they can put them onto their Disney Plus app at no extra. Oh, I never thought of it like that. That would be to them. That would be a very interesting thing for us to research. For sure. Because these are these most of those companies I did just list are all in the pretty much in the balance of whatever Disney wants to do. Disney can buy them out outright if they pony up enough money, which they've shown to have done plenty of times before. But Hmm. they might be hesitant to accept it because, as many people will know that if you look into Disney, they take a lot of the creative freedoms away after they fully buy out Mm -hmm. your uh, product. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. We may have to circle back on that one. Definitely. Well, um, I am going to suggest that right now we take a quick break. And we throw it to an ad read. Gordon, did we cover that first section enough that we can throw it to an ad read? Yeah, definitely. Okay. We will be right back. So, Gordon, I understand that you have this episode laid out for us. I would love to hear more about what you have. I do. Thank you, Steve. Today our topics of conversation are going to be about Disney and the mouse's greed, followed up by a little bit of a dive into the Star Wars world and George Lucas's opinion on stuff and what he would have rather seen in the new trilogy. And if we have time, we're going to get into the Fox-Disney merger and a little bit into uh, the Time Warner Incorporated company. Sounds like a plan to me. Um, our first topic of conversation is the mouse's greed. These are companies that either Disney owns completely or just own a stake in. Our first couple of top, or I guess should say um, TV shows or TV production companies that Disney only owns stakes in is ESPN, Touchstone Pictures, a&E, The History Channel, Lifetime, and Vice Media. These companies are ones that Disney only has stakes in and do not fully control what can and cannot be done on said TV shows or channels. So they, so they own a certain percentage of the company, correct? Correct. But not enough to fully run the company or own the company. For most of them, yes. With ESPN, they do own 80%. But for most of the other ones, it's either 50% or lower. Cool, okay. That's a little bit shocking to me, like seeing some of these names. Like uh, ESPN, I am pretty shocked by. I... They got their hands in a lot of pots. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they're they're 
really isn't a genre that Disney doesn't have covered in some way, shape, or form. For sure. It's surprising to me that they have a stake in Vice Media because they're a pretty radical bunch. They touch on a lot of controversial issues that I'm surprised Disney wants any say in. I fully agree. And it is the smallest stake out of any on the list coming in at only 10% of the company that Disney owns of it. I wonder if there's a reason for that. This is something that we might have to touch on later because I don't know if you guys follow Vice, but I was a big fan for a very long time. But I know for sure their views are down. They're not doing as well as they once were. A lot of their journalists have left. They have new blood. But I think that maybe we could do a deep dive at some point into like a before and after of when the mouse took over or took a let's say a share or a stake into these companies and like how they're doing before and after. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm sure lifetime movies, you know, Valerie Bertinelli, I'm sure they're still doing great, but some of these ones, I'm curious to know if they are seeing a positive return on investment as far as going with Disney. So that might be a future episode. Well, a little, just my little opinion on vice media real fast before we jump ahead real fast is maybe that Disney is only interested in that company to tone down exactly what they're talking about so that way it's more appealing for Disney to get their own message out there as to the best of my knowledge to be one of the few media outlets that covers the news that Disney owns in any aspect. I gotcha. Like maybe make it a little bit more PC. And... Yeah. More PC and more centered around their point of views than yeah. that. But that's definitely something to look into for a future episode, I think. I agree. Regardless, I feel like Disney has to put an investment in and stake their claim in things that appeal to their viewers and those usually are family and children mm-hmm. and it's surprising that ESPN doesn't necessarily adhere to family and children it's not something that I would see Disney having any involvement in but they have an 80% stake in that and it's bizarre to me and then and- Vice Media has not always been family friendly so I'm wondering if they're trying to manipulate these companies into having their point of view and i'll take it a step further kylie and agree with you because like even a and e you know they focus on such like a true crime type of genre that it shocks me to see them be a part of that enterprise or have even have the 50 percent equity holding that's 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 interesting. I think that yeah, I think this is something that we may have to uh circle back on in a future sure. episode. Well, just a little opposite point of view kind of. Maybe the only reason why Disney's interested in these companies in the first place is so that they don't get big enough to go against Disney. Yeah. They maybe want to buy buy them up early before like they monopolize get it big. off of them, yeah. Exactly. So that way they're never they will not be competition later on 
Well, that would make sense. I mean, we know how this mouse works. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, with that, I guess that leads right into our next topic here of the companies that Disney owns or the Greedy Mouse owns that we are more familiar with. Ones that someone can be whisper it and everyone knows who they're talking about. Such as Pixar and Pixar Films, Hollywood Records, Core Publishing, Star Wars, The Muppets, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Disney Princesses and Princes, of course, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Winnie P- the Pooh franchise, the Indiana Jones franchise, and just about everything on ABC mm-hmm. is owned by Disney. Or is the, at least overseen by Disney. The one that really... I did not know from that list you just read is the Chronicles of Narnia. I did not know they acquired that. Really? Mm-mm. I didn't know that either until doing a little bit of a deep dive research session into these companies. Oh. Sure I was, was more a... surprised about Grey's Anatomy. But that does make sense because we did say or we, I guess we didn't say that they have a stake in their ABC shows. Oh, it's I believe for ABC, it's less less of a stake in more that they pretty much have full control over the company and whatever they say will go, which could be some of the reasons why some of the popular shows on ABC have been getting more family friendly, so to speak, and yeah. a lot less gutsy with their scripts. I feel like that's happened with a lot of movies and TV shows as time has went on because people are trying to, what's the word I'm looking for, appeal to like the generations coming up. And it's now with everything being very, you kind of have to tiptoe around some things. Because you don't yeah. want to be offensive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I remember watching children's shows growing up, and I'm like, wow, how did they slip that in there? And no one said anything. Mm-hmm. It's just how it's been, I guess. It's very interesting to see the dynamic as it unfolds because I, Grey's Anatomy, and like, and didn't they have that show on ABC that was very much in line with Disney. Um, princesses were featured. It kind of, it kind of makes sense that they have such a, like a little bit of a hold. I can't think of the name of the show. Um, um, oh, what is it called? I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause they featured like Ursula. They fe- featured Cinderella. They, uh, and it was, they were uh, set in a world. Once where... upon a time. Thank you. Exactly. Yes. That was a good TV show. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that they have their, I guess, looking at that now, it makes sense that they have their foothold with ABC. Now, I believe we were going to discuss if these programs, movie series, TV series were going to be the same as 
before Disney bought them out. Well, that's definitely a topic we are covering and we can cover now. And a very, a definite example of that is the Disney Fox merger. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you guys are yourselves a fan of The Simpsons, Family Guy, American Dad, or any of those shows. Yes. But if you watch, if you watch closely, or I should say listen, they stopped making fun of Fox a couple seasons ago and have started pointing all their fun and jokes at Disney because Disney has just bought in Fox late 2019, early 2020. So those shows were able to keep their same as some very rude and offensive, as some would call it, ideals while still being owned by Disney. And now what you're saying is they're shifting their focus. Because I remember back in the day, early Family Guy, you know, they were canceled. They were brought back. They continuously poked fun at Fox. And so now you're saying there's a shift in the conversation where they're, they're not poking fun at Fox anymore. They're poking fun at Disney. Exactly. That's interesting. It's not as much, but whenever the uh, Fox Disney merger was brand new news, Fox definitely threw in a couple small jokes in some of the episodes that season or the season Mm. that came out after hinting towards it and them and just the characters making fun of it. Okay. Which it's good to see that Disney isn't going to be canceling those episodes and these shows just because of how offensive they can be. If mm-hmm. anything, that's what makes them great shows. Absolutely. I think that's the cornerstone of like their formula of comedy is like they can push the envelope and I really would have expected different from Disney. I would have thought that they would Definitely. have probably cleaned house and I'm kind of glad to see that they didn't because Comedy is comedy at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, yes. you never want to cross a line, but I'm glad that they're, you know, they're kind of got a sense of humor, maybe, which is surprising, but. Huh. Well, do you two have any other shows that you can think of that come to mind that were affected by Disney and maybe have been trimmed down to be more kid friendly? You know, I, I ahead, definitely Kyle. feel like kids shows now are a lot different than they were before even ones that are put on disney because i grew up watching sweet life of zach and cody sweet life on deck all that like wizards of waverly place all that stuff and they threw in a lot of hints towards more adult focused things now obviously the whole episodes weren't centered around these things but they threw in their little jabs here and there. And watching them back, I kind of think, oh, my God, who let them put that in there? But then you think, like, there's parents sitting down and watching these things. They have to have fun, too, I guess. Exactly. But mm-hmm. now you're not really seeing any more of that as far as, I, as, far as I'm concerned. So That's I don't a good know. point. I'd love, on that topic, I'd love to ask, have you two ever watched iCarly? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, 
then you, sh- if you still follow them, which, granted, I stopped, who knows when, but they are coming out with a new iCarly TV show, with I saw um, that. Fred, Carly, and Spencer all being the same people they were in the original TV show. But instead of Sam coming back and Gibby, they are bringing back on two African-American ladies as the next leads for the show. And it's rumored to be a much more adult-based show this time around. Instead of just the kids. Is it following like that online influence? Because like that was the whole concept that she was kind of an early days influencer. Is it following that track pack path of like, oh, she's an influencer and these are like her new friends? Or do we not, not know that much about the script? I'm not sure as I do not know if any episodes have come out yet. And if they have, I haven't seen them. But it's definitely something that we will be bringing up again later in maybe a future episode just to track back and see how that turns out. Yeah. You know, I think that that would be a good conversation to have. I mean, obviously as like a white person, it's very easy for me to sit and make a judgment, but I have actually some numbers that would be very interesting for you guys to see of like, TVs that are TV shows that are relevant in pop culture that have either naturally added and expanded their cast versus people that franchises or shows that have added them because they felt it was just necessary to the conversation because of our political climate and like the, the, the numbers and the ratings don't lie. And it's so interesting when you look at, like let's say we're they were adding an African American for the f- sake of getting you know a platform for that vo- that person's voice. It's interesting to look at when they've done it naturally because it made sense to the show, whereas they've forced it because the ratings actually ref- and in my opinion the ratings reflect when it's been natural versus when it's been forced. Oh, and that's for again sure. that's Kinda something like... that I think we should talk about. Yeah, people. A lot of TV shows, I feel like, have forcefully thrown in people of color. Mm-hmm. Well, and... Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I fully agree with you there, Steve. And if you haven't heard the news, we all know Henry Cavall, right? One of our best Superman, great Witcher. Oh, oh the, li- the most recent Superman, yeah. They fired him and hired a black lead for the next Superman movie. Oh, I did not know that was confirmed. At least, it might not be confirmed. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have put it that way. As of right now, it is looking like he has been fired from that franchise and they are going to restart it with a African-American lead instead of now, keeping it have... the same. Did you guys follow, kind of to keep it more on the Disney spectrum, um, Spider-Man? When they were saying Donald Glover for Spider-Man. Like, Donald Glover is very well known in, like, pop culture. He's a musician. He's a comedian. But. Phenomenal. 
Yeah, I I love him. And yeah. they wanted him to be the next Spider-Man. And mm. I personally feel like he would have been a great fit for it. He has the personality, the boy-like charm, everything like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of people were upset because they were making Spider-Man black. Now, a well, lot of people were all for it because of how well he fits the part. It's more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were just on the complete other side of the spectrum. And I just find that interesting. Well, I think that that could still be a very real possibility because I'm sure you guys have seen all the recent Spider-Man movies, including mm-hmm. Miles Morales. Maybe they're going to bring a live-action adaptation in and use him as that live-action so. adaptation. As and, to not make it seem forced. And that's, would, in my opinion, what I would, I would prefer is like Miles Morales, his Spider-Man tenure was so incredible in the comic book universe. And obviously, to me, to bring that to, to the front stage of cinema would be incredible. And there's no reason why we couldn't, you know, I feel like people look at comic book movies and they, they look at these adaptations as like excuses to like rewrite history. But when you think about it, and for me personally, why I was drawn to like comic books like the X-Men is they tackled race issues back in the 90s because although they were called mutants, you could draw parallels between race relations and what they were trying to get across in those comic book scripts. So I kind of think when we're, we're talking about movies of this genre, we're coming from a good place of inclusivity and acceptance and love. I would rather them see honor. I would rather see them honor people like Miles Morales as Spider-Man and have a Spanish person in that role rather than them just cast someone to make the general public happy i want to see it kind of honor the comic books i grew up on and maybe maybe that's wrong of me because i understand that like you know we do need more inclusivity and we need more diversity but i think that if you really follow these comic books they do offer a lot of that they offer a lot of representation coming from a more liberal point of view i completely agree with you I think it is wrong for companies to profit off of just throwing a POC character in there and saying, well, here you go. Here's your inclusivity mm-hmm. instead of naturally doing it through character progression and actually making it a good, likable character instead of mm-hmm. somebody you just threw in there and said, well, here you go. And I like that you brought that up, Kylie, because there's one character that is near and dear to my heart. And she has been, you can fact check me, ask my mama, (laughs) Aurora Monroe Storm from the X-Men. I've had a little boy crush on her because she was a strong, Uh, badass woman. I had a little girl crush on her. She was like the best thing ever. And can I ask you, why has she never been given the justice she deserves in cinema? Because... In comic book, in animated TV sense, she was iconic. Some of the best uh, leadership moments, the the strongest uh, powers. She's like one of the first Omega-level mutants. And with peace and love, I love Halle Berry. She, I, one of my first crushes growing up. (laughs) Love her, but like we've never had 
that character who's been so iconic since like the 60s or 70s, she's never been represented well in film, but she's been, it's like, we don't want to erase the comic book history because they have been uh, uplifting black women and black voices and Spanish voices and all of these different voices for so long. We don't want to do revisionist history. We want to take the things that were wrote about these characters and push. And I hope that maybe the greedy mouse can do this and like lift up people like characters like storm and like have those characters that have actually always been there. Just finally get the attention they deserve on the big screen. If that makes sense. For sure. I I agree. I agree too. And I think with this Disney Fox merger, now that Disney officially owns X-Men that maybe they plan on rebooting the series and starting from scratch. And if they treat it just like they've been treating all other Marvel franchise, we are going to be in for some great movies in a lot more down the road. Mm-hmm. So Gordon, you're I... kind... oh, sorry. sorry. I was going to say, Gordon, you're kind of my spoiler guy. Did you give any truth to the rumors that Storm might actually be in the next Black Panther? Have you heard this? Wait, I have never heard this. What? In the comic books, Storm leaves the X-Men for a brief period of time because she falls in love with Black Panther. They marry in Wakanda, and for about a year and a half, I'll be wrong on my dates, but for about a year and a half or two years, Storm is the queen of Wakanda, Wakanda. And they bring peace and they restore peace and it's just it's a beautiful it's a beautiful series in the comic books but it didn't last like i don't think the marriage was actually like for love i think it was just a a, a physical attraction and they did it and then it ended so what i'm hearing like reading on like the blogs and all the bullshit is that they're talking about introducing storm into the mcu by doing like a little bit of like a Black Panther love affair thing in the next movie. But it's rumors, so don't quote me. Now, I think that would be a great idea for Disney to introduce the X-Men series. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Because it is such a good lead-in. And if it's canon, if it's canon from the comic books, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's not a lot of say that like diehard fans that may have a problem with it could have Whoa. exactly because a lot of them are all about honoring the comic books and i think that's mm-hmm. the right thing to do when mm-hmm. and i think disney has done a pretty good job at that i'm not going to say a great job but i'm going to go with a pretty good job yeah yeah and i think if they did that it's a great way to incorporate their new purchase well, thank you i'm sure Sure, you both want this spoiled for you, regardless. So I'll ask before I do. Well, give a do spoiler alert. You want to know what I know? Okay, so right, f- for the people listening, people yeah, spoiler like, alert yes. incoming. If you do right. not look this up or read the news about the new Black Panther movie coming out, this is spoilers. Okay. If you do follow the news and everything Marvel, you should already know this. So this isn't something they couldn't find from like a Google search. If you were to right now search Black Panther 2 Storm, yeah, it will come up saying Black Panther 2 is slated for release either in early 2020 or 2021, which there I believe has not been an official release date, but according mm-hmm. to the Nerdbot, uh-huh. 
the mutant badass. Ooh. Uh, Steve, how do you pronounce her name again? Aurora Monroe. Or AKA Storm is expected to be the first X-Men character to make an <gasps> appearance in the MCU. No yes. way. Steve, we're just she's, like on it. She's an icon. She's a moment. She is she is the moment. Like, are you serious, Gordon? That's actually getting reported. That is 100% it is getting reported. I want to see Steve just fangirl over this. That is what I've I want to see. I've had a crush on her since like 1997. And for <laughs> anyone who doesn't follow the Marvel phases, we'll get more into that on the Marvel episode in Marvel or episode nine. But, but Gordon, right you got to give us a little bit more. You got to spoil a little bit more. Is this like, I, is this the start wait, of what we think it is? Now, let it, it might be. Now, let me okay. tell you what I know. Now, Marvel has what they call phases in the cinematic universe. They had phase one, phase two, and phase three. Phase three left us off at, at the end of Endgame. Uh-huh. Phase four is going to be introducing the X-Men into Ooh. the Marvel universe. Yes. And I think one of the best ways that they're going to be able to do this is with I again this is a spoiler warning spoiler not alert not too bad of a one spoiler we need alert like, incoming we, we need like a ding for that on this show we need like a little like yeah. <laughs> we'll I'll just I'll just do it myself and so <clears throat> a little bit of a spoiler but nothing too bad we have Loki WandaVision and the second Doctor Strange movie all diving in to multiverse time travel Okay. As well as so did Endgame. Those yeah. four movie, those TV shows and movies are starting to show the multiverse in its extent, which is really big, in my opinion, for the MCU. It's going to open up so many avenues and will eventually make Disney a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I think with using this multiverse now that they're going to start pulling these X-Men maybe from different timelines or different points in the timeline and bring them all together at a set time. Sort of like so, how they did with um, oh, what are they called? The Why Infinity can't I think Stones? of that? The Infinity kind of? Stones. Yeah, like they, that's what I was thinking of, kind of. Yes, and bring them together into one set timeline to form wow. a new one where the X-Men are a part of the Avengers and are going to help them fight the next big bad guy. Whatever which, that may be. Can, can we have a can we have a speculation real quick? I wanted I wanted to say I want us to say who we think the next MCU big baddie is. And I think we're going to all disagree. But can we do that like real quick? It's on record. We have to speculate who it's going to be. Like do we mean first. the next villain? Like the yes. next, yes. Okay, I need to go last. I'm not going first. Uh-uh. Okay. You go first. <laughs> All right, I'm telling you right now, based on House of M and how they're going to have to introduce the mutants, I'm telling you right now, the next MCU villain is going to be Scarlet Witch from WandaVision. Now, this is my opinion. I'm... I would love to see Scarlet Witch. I have loved that concept ever since it was introduced in WandaVision. I think it's going to be Kang the Conqueror. 
because that introduces how Gordon was saying a time traveling character because as far as I'm concerned I'm pretty sure he is like a time traveling warlord Mm -hmm. from like years on like from the future and I believe he is just trying to find people to fight and that time travel incorporates what Gordon was saying about the multiverse and maybe traveling between different timelines. Okay. I'm, okay, I, I can see it. I'm going a little different on my approach. See, I'm stuck between three different people. My first thought idea would be Doctor Doom. As he's a big X-Men villain, mm-hmm. to the best of my knowledge. And he would be a great villain to introduce the X-Men. I mean, he is primarily a Fantastic Four villain, so that would make sense for them to introduce both factions at one time. That is true. Then again, it'd be an interesting one, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there's Galactus. Oh, I have heard. I did like that idea. Um... So far, to the best of my knowledge, he's only appeared in comic books. Yes. And I think he has a very, there's a very good potential for Galactus. And whether these trailers I have seen are real teaser trailers or just people putting on a show... There have been teaser trailers put out there showing Galactus in them. Oh. Now, what worries me is, like, I had the same problem with the Endgame series. Um, I was worried about them not being able to do anything beyond what they did in Endgame. But from what I remember from reading about Galactus... If he dies, the entire Marvel Universe ends. I think you're correct because they, I don't believe, and I could be wrong, correct me in the comment section. I believe that any time that they have faced him, he's never actually died. Yeah, because I think that he brings, I think that he's like a life bringer, but mm. then similar in almost a godlike fashion, he's also like the devourer of worlds, the destroyer of worlds. Mm-hmm. Yes, his occupation is quite literally planet killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also know that he is a like he brings life and creates things. So he inherently is almost like the god of the Marvel Universe. Okay. So I Go ahead. I oh, no. sorry. I was just going to ask. So, but are we confident? And this, I am not so sure on. So, we're confident that in Fantastic Four two, like the Fox one with Jessica Alba and Mike, Ch- is the thing. We're confident that in the second one, because I know they had Silver Surfer. They never introduced Galactus. Not to the best of my knowledge. No, I have no idea. It's been forever since I've watched that. I know. Wait. And at the end of the day, it's not canon anymore, right? 
To the best of my knowledge, no, those movies are no longer canon. Now I know that garbage. Galactus has like interactions with Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, um, and the Avengers. Mm-hmm. At least sure Galactus, in the comics. Galactus, I'm pretty sure, gave Silver Surfer all of his powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think he and used to be his like assistant. Well, I have so... a little bit of information on Galactus or otherwise known as Gallon. If you guys like to hear a little bit, okay, real fast. Um, he's first born on the. He's from Earth six one six. Born first as Gallon, that's his mortal name, and he is rebirthed as Galactus, the destroyer of worlds, devourer, the monster of all worlds. There's so many names. It <laughs> one of his names is. Bob's big boy, hockey stick face. There, there's a lot. Oh, period. <laughs> like, <laughs> there, the the amount of stuff on Galactus. Galactus is a. He is most definitely one of the most powerful gods there are. Well, quote unquote gods, because there is only one person above him. His name is the one above all, and he is the entire creator of the Marvel Universe, but he gets his own episode because he's that special. Stan Lee. No. Oh. <laughs> Everyone, this, he is rumored to be, it, it's rumored to be that Stanley formulated him after himself, but we never got a confirmation, to the best of my knowledge. God rest his soul. Um, but he is from Earth 616, which is a very popular Earth within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the best of my knowledge. It's... And feel free to destroy me in the comment comments, but like I <laughs> genuinely have no idea about the different Earth. Like, I understand there's a multiverse, but I don't get the whole different Earths number. Gordon, maybe you can enlighten me. Well, essentially, the different Earth names, I don't have too much information on it, but like for somehow, they all agreed on Earth 1, and then from there, each Earth has its own number in the order they were discovered, I believe. Or it could be the frequency at which they vibrate, but that's now diving more into the way DC does it than Marvel and we're focusing on Marvel right now. I know, and this is not exactly how we planned this episode to go, but I'm kind of loving no. it. Me too. <laughs> so, a little thing on Kang the Conqueror. Uh huh. So, I have not watched the Loki series as of yet. I know the last episode was just put out recently. Yeah, it sure. was great. Came out now, yesterday. I heard that. Kang the Conqueror was introduced in Loki and as we know like Marvel has a reason behind everything mm-hmm. I definitely do not want to spoil anything on the Loki series as I know Steve does not want spoilers at this point like, I but... don't want spoilers either but I was gonna say I want to like watch it because I feel like I'm close but we can proceed cautiously okay I will proceed cautiously in saying 
Kylie, you are correct, but he does not go by that name as of yet. Because he goes by um, He Who Remains. He Who Remains, exactly. He goes in the movie, he goes, or the TV show, he goes by He Who Remains. Mm. And a little backstory, which isn't spoiling anything if I don't go into too much detail. (laughs) Easy, Gordon. He was one of the first people to discover that the multiverse existed in DC or Marvel universe. And then being the self-centric, very inflation towards his own ego kind of person started bringing back, talking to his former selves, talking to them, boosting their ego, sharing knowledge between the planets, which eventually led to, Spoilers that I will not speak of because it's explained in the TV show and I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Uh But definitely a topic to come back to once my fellow co-hosts have caught themselves up. Give me your login. I definitely have to. (laughs) (laughs) I need that Disney Plus, bro. (laughs) Do you not have Disney Plus? No, I'm a dumbass. and I'll give you mine. I Your canceled... next paycheck, going towards it. I canceled I... it after WandaVision because I thought that we were over and I'm a dumbass. Didn't do my research. <laughs> didn't know about Loki. I have every single streaming service. I know. Trust I will me. let you log on. I'm going to steal one of your passwords, I promise. There's no issue with that. <laughs> now leak your social you security on. number too while you're at it. Oh, yeah. Okay, no. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, four, five, six, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. All right. That sounds. Uh, I'm, just, well, I'm just curious, real fast. How much do you guys think Galactus weighs? Oh, he's a big boy. His like, I don't know. Usual weight in his gigantic size. Not well, that's rude to ask him. It's, it's very rude to ask. I him, dare but... you to ask. Well, him. here, his height is 28 feet. That's about as tall as nine me. inches. Is that like as so... tall as Michi? No, that's as tall as me. Duh. Uh, <laughs> all four, all five foot three of you. I wouldn't even give myself three inches. <laughs> Thanks for that, though. Uh, do you have any guesses? No. Uh, it's in seven the, uh, billion ten, tons. It's in the tens of thousands. Tens of thousands of pounds. Okay. Forty-five thousand. I would say ooh, lower. Lower. Oh, I was going to go higher. Twenty. Uh, Steve, give me your answer, then I'll let you uh, in on this information. 18.5. He weighs at his usual appearance 36,400 pounds or 16.51 tons. And of course that can change because he can change his density and weight to whatever he likes. Now I dare you to go up to him and ask him and see what happens. I know. I don't want to see that like, I don't want to see that I want to see Gordon get stepped on. It would be crushed. It would be crushed in a minute. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so nice. We're just here to bully Gordon. That's the whole part of this podcast. That's the whole podcast. (laughs) Me and Steve were like, oh, this is our opportunity. (laughs) I could be a nerd and they get to make fun of me. It's okay. Well, even if you say it's not okay. (laughs) So let's, are we going to. So we got a little off the rails on this episode, and I'm not mad because I honestly think it worked. 
Me and too. To, to the people listening, thank you for bearing with us because I think it started <laughs> in one direction and it ended up in another. But I'm not upset about it. And I think that, you know, as we grow into this and as we start doing this, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a learning process for all of us. And I think that we have some stuff that we didn't touch on for this episode that we might need to work into episode two. There's so something I'd love to discuss really before fast. Before we go? Yes. Okay. Before we go for sure, just because this is something I didn't even realize because I didn't fully read the sources I got my information from. So in the That's... Disney Fox merger, uh-huh. Disney now owns Hulu. Oh, I, I think I did know this, actually. In National Geographic? Uh-huh. Oh, I did hear about that, because I was like, what the heck do they want to do with National Geographic? So they, they own National Geographic and Hulu, so there could be some big plans in expanding the Disney Plus app Ooh. in the future. Interesting. So it's a good time to resubscribe, is what you're saying. <laughs> you know what yeah. I just realized? <laughs> We have not talked about Star Wars. I know. And oh my goodness. You know, the good thing about this, Kylie, is I think we're planning on doing not only one episode for our launch, but I think we're planning on doing two episodes for our launch. So my suggestion is that maybe anyone that tuned in to be educated on the Star Wars thing should listen to episode two because maybe we're going to touch on that in that episode. For sure, Definitely. you need to we listen can... to Gordon talk about Star Wars and us make fun of him some more. I mean, who yeah. does, at this point, I want the audience to know that we're here to bully Gordon with yeah. peace yes. and love. Th- th- this is the whole idea behind this podcast: is for me to nerd out and them to just call me a nerd, make fun and we'll of nerd me. out sometimes too. But Absolutely, we need, to, we need to keep our stuff in check. Gordon Absolutely. doesn't. Yeah, they're yeah. the cool kids. At work. <laughs> they're popular. But you know what? <laughs> They're like the ones walking down the hallway in school and everyone's just staring at them in awe. They're like, oh, Steve and Kylie. Oh, just Did you hear they're going to be but... prom king and queen this year? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same token, Gordon, you might have people that are like, these two assholes were just here talking their shit. And this man, <laughs> this man showed up with the facts. He delivered like dominoes. So you know what? You may have some fans out there. You, it's yet to be seen. <laughs> we're going to need to put some bleeps in there, Steve. <laughs> what? We call them Gordos and Kai Steves. Yeah. They're against each yeah. other. Yeah. For sure. Anyway. We will, we will definitely have special uh, chats in the Discord for each one of our main host members. <laughs> so yes. we can all bully each other in the discord exactly with love i dm me on discord and i'll give you gordon's thing so you can bully him directly it'll be fine um anyway i think that this is a good point to wrap up episode one but like i said we started off on star wars ended up on marvel this is what you're going to get with this podcast folks we're going to be a little bit all over the place but thank you for bearing with us thank you for tuning in uh, please don't forget that if you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, do anything you can to just show us a little bit of love. We certainly appreciate it. Give us feedback. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Bully Gordon online. It's totally fine. Um, <laughs> we give you permission. We're yeah, gonna we're gonna do episode two, and you're gonna get some Star Wars info too. And oh. again, in Gordon's defense, he does come up 
he shows up with the facts and the info. So tune in for that. And um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that's a good place to leave it. I think that's um, a great place to leave it. And once again, please check out our Discord. It's for completely sure. free. Everything in it is free. And, and we have a Twitter and... Do we have an Instagram, guys? Or are we no, only on the, Twitter? The right Instagram's now? coming a little bit later when we when we decide to switch over to video. We're going to we're gonna do the Instagram. But for right now, uh, you can follow us on our Discord, which will be linked in the description with an invite. And... Kylie, as our social media manager, what is our handle on Twitter? I believe I know it, but I don't want to misspeak. Oh, I have to figure this out because I know I know it. It's let's be nerds, but it's there's be- no E in B. It's just a it's B. <laughs> spelled out as B, like just the letter. Yes. And then for our Discord, if you are interested in any of the stuff that we're talking about here or have suggestions for further episodes, that's the perfect place to plug them in because I will constantly be checking them. You can get alerts for our podcast. You can chat with other fans and nerds, and then it really helps us as a community out. And that's the bottom line here is we're doing this for fun. We're doing this because we've actually developed a friendship despite working together day in and day out. And we truly want to create a community where everyone feels welcome and we can share opinions. We can share our, you know, fan theories, if you will, and really create an environment that's positive and uplifting. So please log on, join, come hang out with us. Uh, We have some kind of cool things potentially in the pipeline for the Discord. I think we might have talked about like a movie night type of deal. Um, I'm a big trivia guy, so maybe we'll do a trivia night. Either way, thank you for listening. Uh, We welcome you to the Let's Be Nerds universe. This episode of Let's Be Nerds is hosted and produced by Gordon A. Bryant and Stephen J. McLean. Today's co-host was Kylie Gregg, our social media manager. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speak Easily Productions. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and sponsored by Anchor.fm. To keep up with the latest about our show, follow us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds or join our Discord server, which will be linked in the description box below, along with our Patreon. Also, a special thanks to Robert V. Jacobs for composing our theme song. You can follow his Instagram at Bobby underscore Spectre. Also check out Stephen J's YouTube called The Speak Easily with Stephen J. You can also find him on Twitter and Facebook under the same handle or on his Insta under Speak Easily Stephen J.